In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from the Gospel of St. Luke starts from verse 19, which is the story of the rich man and the uh, poor man Lazarus. The first part of chapter 16, the Lord spoke about the parable of the unjust steward, and then he concluded this parable that we need to make friends by the unrighteous mammon. But the Pharisees, who actually uh, despised, uh, who, who were lovers of money, despised the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then some people actually could not make the connection between the parable of the unjust steward and then with the story of the rich man and Lazarus. But in verse 14 from the same chapter, we here we read that now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things, the parable of the unrighteous steward, and uh, when the Lord told them, make friends by the unrighteous man. The Pharisees who were lover of money did not like this, and they dreaded him. Dreaded means despised him, despised his teaching. So the word dreaded here in verse 14 explain the sequence of thought. So after the Lord spoke about the parable of the unrighteous, um, sorry, unjust uh, steward, so among those who listened to our Lord were the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, enjoying the pleasures of the world with the enjoyment which money purchased. But on the other side were the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, like the twelve, who left all, left everything to follow their master, who lived also in poverty. They were like beggars. They did not have a place to rest their head. The Pharisees mocked him and mocked his teaching when he said they should make friends with the mammon of unrighteousness. And these friends will receive them into everlasting habitations. They did not like this teaching. So now the Lord is teaching them through this story of the rich man and Lazarus, as well as he is teaching the disciples what is the outcome of such life the life of the rich man and the life of Lazarus. Some fathers think this story is a real and actual story. And by the way, the Coptic Church believe it is an actual story, not just a parable. The story of the rich man and Lazarus is an actual story. For example, St. Ambrose of Milan proves that it is an actual story because the Lord mentioned the man's name, Lazarus. 
But some other think the name is just a symbolic one because the word Lazarus means the one who, who was assisted or the help of God. St. Ambrose of Milan says, not all poverty is holy. Just being poor doesn't make you holy. And not all riches are criminal. Not just because you are rich, then you are ungodly. So not all poverty is holy or all riches criminal. But luxury and the love of luxury disgraces riches. And also holiness comment poverty. That's what St. Ambrose said, which means denying everything, denying the love of money will help the person to be holy. But love of money makes the person ungodly. So let's start from verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and furred sumptuously every day. Why the Lord did not mention his name, although he mentioned Lazarus' name? Perhaps to imply that his name is not written in the book of life, not written in heaven. That's why the Lord did not mention his name. Clothed in purple and fine linen. These two words express the extreme luxury. Why? Purple cloth was most expensive textile available in the ancient world. Why? The, they get this purple dye to make the clothes yeah, dyed and make it purple from the sea. And the true sea purple was most precious and rare dye, dye, D-Y-E. So only the wealthiest individual could afford clothes dyed with purple. That's why at that time in the ancient world, the color of the garments of kings and rulers were purple. And also the Lord described that this man fared sumptuously every day. Mean this rich man had banquets every day, celebrations and banquets every day. Verse 20. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. Laid at his gate means not far from the rich man. And this man was poor and sick. So the Lord made a contrast between the life of the rich man and the life of Lazarus. The rich man lived in, in extreme luxury, but this poor man lived actually in poverty. And as we read in verse 21, 
desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Just the crumbs. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So, apparently this poor man was a distance, at a distance from the rich man, that he can see the table of the rich man, and the rich man can see him. But unfortunately, this rich man was not moved with compassion. Lazarus was a constant sufferer, covered with sore and incurable disease. The dogs had compassion on this poor man Lazarus and licked his sores. St. Cyril of Alexandria says, the rich man was crueler than the dogs because he felt no sympathy or compassion for him but was completely unmerciful. St. John Chrysostom comment on the word who was laid at his gate that the rich might not say, I never saw him in the judgment day. The rich cannot say, I never saw him or no one told me for saw him both going out and returning. Verse 22, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So, even so, even though the rich man saw the poor man stricken with extreme hunger, bitter physical weakness, sore wounds, deprivation, sickness due to this condition, he did not think of him. He did not have mercy or compassion on him. This poor one, Lazarus, was extremely needy and oppressed with many sufferings. The rich did not give him even the crumbs that fell from his table. And Lazarus was eager just to have some crumbs. Now the end of these two men came. Lazarus did not have the honor of a burial in this life, but the heaven honored him. He was carried by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. On the opposite, the rich man had the honor of a burial, good funeral but no angelic companion or pleasant destination. So we see here when both men died, their condition reversed. And this, how the Lord Jesus Christ used this story to warn the Pharisees and others in the crowd who despised his teaching when he told them, make friends by the unrighteous mammon. And these people, because of the hardness of their heart, neglected the poor and afflicted while love the money. What's Abraham's bosom? 
St. Augustine says, you must under, understand Abraham's bosom to be a retired and a hidden resting place where Abraham is. So literally doesn't mean the bosom of Abraham, but the place where Abraham is. And that's why it's called Abraham's bosom, because Abraham is there. And not that it is his alone, so this place is not his alone. But since Abraham is the father of many nations, father actually of the old covenant people and the new covenant people, and he was placed first, uh, so others might imitate his image and his preeminence of faith. We of the new covenant are the children of the faith of Abraham. Verse 23, and being in torments, in hates, he lifted, the rich man lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So the rich man place was full of torment and pain while Lazarus enjoyed the comfort and care of Abraham. Hits is something of a waiting place until the final day of judgment. We know there are two waiting places, Hades and Paradise. And after the second coming of Jesus Christ, those in Hades will go to hell, and those in Paradise will go to the kingdom of heaven. We said this is a real story. So apparently, because Abraham was still in Hades and Lazarus was still in Hades, but apparently in Hades there was two separate places for those who died on faith and those who actually perished. That's why the rich man was able to communicate with Abraham Although, as we are going to read, there was like a gulf separating between both of them, and no one can go from this place to the other place. Uh, verse 23, it says, He lifted up his eyes. Lifted up his eyes. Means, now Lazarus at the top, and the rich man at the bottom. So it's reversed. And, and maybe you can imagine in Hades, the wicked people were in the bottom, but the righteous uh, who died and waited for the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and the opening of the paradise were on top. So verse 24, then he cried and said, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, because he is one of his descendants, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So the rich man was in need of cooling his tongue 
when it was absolutely burning hot. Why his tongue? We understand that all his body was burning. Why he said, call my tongue? Because this tongue spoke in great arrogance. Now the rich man wished to cool it. Because wherever there is sin, there is punishment. His tongue transgressed more. That's why his agony is more. He wished to cool his tongue, whereas his whole body was in flames in heats. This expresses what was written in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of tongue. With your words you will be justified, with your words you will be condemned. So, even in hell, the eternal place for the wicked, a condemned spirit must hate the evil by which he was tormented. So the people in hell will hate the evil that made them suffer these torments. And they desire that good, they desire the good that they despise it on earth. In hell and in Hades, they desire that good because this good would free them from the torment. And if a lost soul here on earth start to think and consider the torment in Hades and in hell, then actually they would consider repentance and the punishment will be removed from them. But once they go to Hades or hell, this eternal desire to escape from evil, an eternal desire to be united with the supreme good, it is impossible. It is too late. In, in Hades, there is no repentance. He called Abraham Father Abraham because he was a descendant of Abraham. And Abraham, by the way, did not disown him. Abraham did not disown him. But I want you to bring to your attention that having Abraham as a father was not enough to escape his torment in the life to come. You know, the, the Jews, they bragged and they were boasting that we are children of Abraham. They said to the Lord, we are children of Abraham and nobody enslaved us. And the Lord told them, if you are the children of Abraham, do the works of Abraham. Live the life of Abraham. And we can see here the reversal. The rich man, now he is the bigger, pleading with Abraham. How Abraham responded to this? But Abraham said, son, so even he was in Hades, the rich man, perishing, a wicked man, but see the compassion of Abraham? He did not tell him, rich man or wicked person. No, he called him son. 
He called the rich man called Abraham father, and Abraham with gentleness and compassion he replied, son. And this is a lesson, even with those who are far and lost, we should not lose our compassion dealing with them. He told him, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. Abraham here explained to the rich man the reason why he is tormented. So he is calling his memory, he is calling to his memory the circumstances of life that he had on earth telling him, if you look back at these circumstances, you would find the reason why now you are tormented. The rich man was not in torment because he was rich, no, but because he lived a life apart from love and trust in God, because love of money, because greediness, because lack of compassion, lack of love. These things were demonstrated in his life. So, although in his earthly life he enjoyed all the good things of life, but he did not share them or use them to prepare for the life to come. And this was the advice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make friends with unrighteous men, that they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Then Abraham said in verse 23, 26, And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot nor can those from there pass to us. So although the rich man could see and speak with Abraham, but he wasn't close to him at all, because there was a great gulf fixed between them, and their destinies were fixed for all time. Uh, so Abraham is telling him, we might not deny you this small consolation that Lazarus brings some water to your tongue, if it were in our power to bring it to you. But unfortunately, it is impossible because of this great gulf that's fixed between you and us. No one can come from here to there, and no one can come from there to here. So, the time is over and past, and there is no opportunity for any repentance. Verse 27, Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. 
And again, it's emphasized in the second request that the rich man is the bigger now, not leathers. But I want you to think how the rich man is still perceiving leathers. He's still perceiving leathers as a servant to him. Send leathers to cool my tongue. Send him to my brothers. So in his arrogance, even in Hades, he is thinking about Lazarus as a servant. He can send him to do uh, uh, missions for the rich man. So he asked Abraham to send Lazarus on another assignment. This time for the benefit of his five brothers. Maybe the first thought come to our mind, this request uh, prompted by his anxiety for the future of his brothers who are, who are still alive. But maybe he is trying to justify himself. How come? As if he is saying, if someone from the dead had come to me and to inform me about eternity, I would have lived a godly life and I would have repented and did not come to this place of torment. So in a way, maybe he was trying to justify himself. If a miracle or a sign happened to me, I would have repented. Some people until now say, if God appears to us like he appeared to Moses or to Abraham or to St. Paul, we would have repented. So he's trying to use the same justification. So Abraham told him, verse 29, Abraham said to them, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. As if he is saying Moses and the prophets, the law and the prophets are enough for them to repent. So Abraham pointed out that the rich man's brother had all the necessary information to escape the torment of Hades. Listening to Moses and the prophets and doing what they said to do was enough. Some people asked, why five? If it is a true story, which the Coptic Church believes is a true story, then he had in reality five brothers. But some people say five represent the five senses and the indulgence of the people through the five senses, the indulgence of life. Or maybe he referred to the five books of Moses. He had the five books of Moses, but he did not benefit from them. So the five brothers represent the five books of Moses. Or maybe just a certain number, as the Lord said, five wise virgins and five foolish virgins, five talents, five cities in the land of Egypt, etc. Uh, the, uh, the rich man answered Abraham and he said, no father Abraham, and I want you to notice every time he calls Abraham, call him father. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. They will repent. Meaning what? Meaning the rich man knew what his brother must do and what he did not do. Repent. 
And he mistakenly hoped that a special appearance of one from the dead would persuade them. But Abraham knew it will not persuade them. That's why Abraham answered in verse 31. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophet, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So, some people believe that the Bible speaks too much of judgment and hell. And they don't want to hear about it. Those who will not hear and listen the words of the Bible, they will not believe even a person rose from the dead. For example, our Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled all the prophecies of the law of Moses and the prophets. Also, he rose from the dead. And until now, many people from Israel and from the rest of the world did not believe in him. Additionally, Lazarus, not this Lazarus, but the other one, the brother of Mary and Martha, came back from the dead. And what was the reaction of the religious leader? They did not believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and they planned to kill Lazarus. So here is a man rose from the dead, and they wanted to kill him. So with this story, the Lord showed us the weakness of trusting in science to bring people to faith. What will bring the people to faith, not the signs, not the miracles, but the word of truth. In our time, St. Mary appeared um, in the tomb. And many people, non-Christian, saw her. And she made miracles with them. But still, they don't, did not believe. So the reply of Abraham was especially addressed to the Jews who were standing around uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and asking the Lord Jesus Christ for a sign. Many Jews asked Jesus for a sign. And he told them, wicked generation asking for a sign, and no sign will be given to them except the sign of Jonah the prophet. These Jews read and heard again and again the books of Moses and the records of the prophets. If these books and guides failed to show them the right way, how to repent, then even a special messenger sent to them from death will be useless, will not benefit from him. Again, the rich man was not lost because he was rich. He was lost because he did not listen to the law of Moses and the prophets. And many also will be lost for the same reason, because they don't listen to the word of God in the scripture. This actually ends the story.
of the Lazarus and the rich man and conclude chapter 16. Glory be to God forever and